Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The Old Testament lesson for today is from 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 to 22. This can be found on page 272 of your Pew Bible. The people of Israel demand a change in leadership and insist on the appointment of a king instead of depending on the Lord to appoint judges to lead them. Rather than follow God's way, they prefer to follow the way of the world around them ultimately rejecting the kingship of God. A reading of 1 Samuel, chapter 8, beginning with the first verse. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the king displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards, give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all nations, and that our king may judge us, and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, 
Obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, Go every man to his city. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Well, you've heard it said, be careful what you wish for. Last month, Elise and I went out to California to do a mother-daughter road trip after she had finished her first year of college. And we covered a lot of terrain. We went through big cities and little towns. We went from beaches to mountains to forests. And I had wished for something. I had wished for an adventure, a trip that we would never forget. And in fact, we did have that trip, but not at all in the way that I had planned for it to go. You see, we were driving the coastline of California on Highway 1. And I know some of you have done this before, so bear with me if you haven't. Um, As we drove, we had a long drive between the Hearst Castle and the Big Sur Lodge where we were spending the night. And you'll see a picture of part of that stretch of highway on the wall behind me. So as we're going along this amazing roadway of 45 miles of hairpin twists and turns, there was sheer rock face on one side and dramatic drops on the other going down to huge waves crashing against the shore of the Pacific. Needless to say, I am not sure if I mentioned this in the beginning, I am afraid of heights. So even as I'm telling you this story now, my heart is beating much faster, and I can feel the terror all over again. Elise was very pale beside me with a serious expression on her face. And she later admitted to me that she had been car sick the whole time, but she knew not to say anything as we were driving. My knuckles were white on the wheel, and I was trying so hard not to look at the horizon at the cliff beside me, the sheer drop off the waves below, and most especially as we'd go around a hairpin turn, at the distant peaks on the horizon, sheer drops with little teeny miniature cars weaving through them, knowing we'd have to get there soon. Oh, okay. Um, The last detail I have to paint for you is that there were avalanche signs. And as we'd come around signs, there'd be big boulders right next to the side of the road and occasional nets with fallen stones in them. So as you can tell, even as I'm telling this, I had a moment where it dawned on me. This was a disaster. And I wanted this? As you might expect, I was praying fervently and without ceasing. And um, I leaned over and said to Elise, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt once said, you should do one thing every day that scares you. (laughs) And Elise said back to me with a very quick reply, Elise, Eleanor never drove Highway (laughs) 1. So as we drove along the roadway, this line came drafting into my consciousness, be careful what you wish for. And I had wished for an adventure. Well, here it was, right? But we all have things we wish for or that we long for. And what is it today for you that you wish for? It may be a new job. It may be a perfect SAT score. It may be a marriage, 
uh, children, grandchildren, financial success, maybe a cure or answers to unanswered questions, or maybe an end to suffering. What we see in today's text is it's a story about being careful what you wish for. Our text for today marks a very important transition for the people in the nation of Israel. They had been under the rule of judges, and this is the establishment of the monarchy. Now there is a change in the identity of the people of God. And this chapter starts with a problem. The people demand a solution, and God responds. Now, what the problem was is that Eli, our prophet, our great prophet, had gotten old, And he, like his mentor, Samuel had gotten old, and he, like his mentor, Eli, had put his sons in charge and given them more authority. But in both cases, the sons were corrupt, and they perverted justice, and they took bribes. And so the people were fed up with it, and they demanded a change. And in a vote of no confidence towards Samuel, and more importantly, towards God, their king, they demanded a human king to rule them. They wanted to follow the ways of the world. And so let's take a look together at verses 7 through 9 to see how God responds to the demand. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they're also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So you notice in this text it's saying they've forgotten all that the Lord has done for them, for his protection and provision for bringing them up out of Egypt. And now they're reverting back to their old ways of serving other gods. God tells Samuel to warn them about how heavy the cost is going to be to have a human king. So I want to just summarize for you briefly the bottom line on what the warning was that Samuel gave to the people. He said, the king will make forced labor of your sons and your daughters, of your servants and your animals. The Lord is going to take your best vineyards and orchards and fields. And not only that, he's going to lay heavy taxes on you. But the worst of all is that you shall be his slaves. And you will cry out in desperation because of him. You shall be his slaves. Now, when you hear that, you're thinking, how could they possibly have still demanded a king? But there was a reason. You see, their enemy was the Philistines. And the Philistines had a very strong army, and they were well-organized and well-equipped. And Israel were a group of tribes acting independently with no permanent army. And they really believed that the only way for them to survive was to have a human king as a strong military leader. They thought that person could come and fix our problem. We need a leader. 
And so on some level, we can understand in a human way why they would think this. They persisted. They thought that human leader would also get for them success and stability and security. But the king will take more than he will give, and he will also take from the people and the possessions, the things that were meant to be set apart, dedicated to God. From a faith perspective, the problem is Israel already had a king. It was God himself. He had protected them against the Philistines already. He had provided for them and rescued them from Egypt. And yet they had forgotten. So their request was actually sinful. It was rejecting God's kingship and wanting to take matters into their own hands, to move forward without God's leading. So how does God respond to this ongoing demand? It's actually in a surprising way. So let's take a look together at verses 19 through 21 to see how God responds. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but there shall be a king over us that we may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, go every man to your city. God, who's the king of the universe, the all-powerful, chose to let them have their own way. And it tells us a little bit about God's will in this text. There are two kinds of will that we describe about God. One is God's perfect will, and the other is God's permissive will. And God's perfect will was that they would obey God. God was their king, and that they would live under that in submission to a good God. God's permissive will lets us sometimes have that which we want. And we don't always know what is the best thing for us. So sometimes the things we want or wish for really aren't those things. But God in his sovereignty at times allows us to have those things because he knows he can use them in our lives and he can redeem them as well. Now we may think, well, you know, we're Americans. We don't have the same issues the Israelites do. We don't have a king. In fact, our existence is because we've thrown off the tyranny of a king, right? Well, I'd love to say we have nothing in common with the people of Israel in this story, but unfortunately, there are times that we want our own way too, don't we? And so in a similar manner, we sometimes set ourselves up as the king or queen of our lives, and we don't turn to God. We seek after those things that make our lives better, whether they're prestige or power or pleasure. But those aren't about God. So the good news for us is there is a solution to this problem. There is a king of kings who invites us to a whole new kingdom. Twice in the book of Revelation, we hear God being described as the king of kings and the Lord of lords who is greater than any human king. And I want to take a look with you at a verse in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, to learn more about this king of kings. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, 
the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Notice the words, the ultimate ruler of all the kings on earth loves us and has freed us from our sins. God's great love sent Jesus to rescue us. And who belongs in this kingdom? Any who have been saved by the blood. To this day, there are members of his kingdom from every nation under heaven. He is the only one worthy of all glory and authority for eternity. The antidote to the brokenness, violence, and discord of our world is having the right king on the throne, the true king, the king of kings. And it's not only on the throne, but it's on the throne of our lives. And as we do so, God can use us to build his kingdom in the lives of others. So back to where we started Elise and I did have a terrifying experience, but there was more to the story. As we went up our first set of mountains, she could tell her mom's anxiety was ramping up. So she put a song on the, on the radio for us. The song was, Jesus, Take the Wheel. <laughs> you may all know this is a classic Carrie Underwood song. And uh, she, she knew this song was important to me because that lyric I had prayed repeatedly over and over again a year earlier when we drove another switchback mountain road. And then as we got to the jagged rock climbing, the big kahuna, she put on an album that she knew really would minister to me. She knew her mother well. Uh, and this was despite the fact that she herself was nauseous. She sacrificed her own comforting tunes in order to take care of her mother. And I am so deeply grateful. Um, I did feel, during that wild drive, the Lord's presence with us. He was calling me to relax my grip, to worship him in my distress, to sing as if I had no fear, and to trust that he would care for me and my daughter. He did get us where we needed to go safely. And on that drive, he invited me to stay fixed on him, to stay present only to the roadway just in front of me, directly in front of our car, not on the high peaks or the water below or those distant mountains in the future. Just as we were listening, <clears throat> to a song on the speakers that was about surrender. I felt that conviction to pray in that moment to surrender the drive, my fear, and the two of us to far more capable hands than mine own to get us through. Elise and I did have an adventure and a trip I know I will never forget. God was in the fear, inviting me to trust him when it counted the most, and he carried us through in our hour of need, and he used Elise to minister to me. So I did get what I wanted. 
after all. No matter what road you are on, whether you're in God's perfect will or in God's permissive will, I want you to know this. God is with you. God is with you. The King of Kings invites you to surrender, to trust him, and he will lead you. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.